and welcome to a new episode of Monroe Must Hangs. I'm your host, David Spiegel, and for those of you watching on video, don't be alarmed. There's nothing wrong with the video. It's just me today. Sometimes scheduling is a little bit difficult. Didn't have a guest this week, so this is a break glass in case of emergency episode of Monroe Must Hangs that I've had in my back pocket for a little while. Today, we're just going to talk about the year that was. I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning of the 2019-20 season. We're going to talk about all the highs and lows of this past year and a half, really. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself and what I do. And let's see how this goes. I don't know how long it's going to be. Probably won't look straight into the camera very often. I apologize for those of you who want me to make eye contact. Let's just have a little fun today and see where this goes. So first about me, I am the director of sports information here at Monroe College. At the current time during the pandemic, I am covering both the Monroe Mustangs and the Monroe Express in the Bronx. Happy to do so. These are such great programs. I'm so proud to be here, be part of the team for both of these teams. Um, my job really is to run our websites. I'm in charge of our brand new team stores, our social media pages all across the board, and I'm the one who covers the teams. You know, I get to write the stories, make the graphics, cut the videos, all these things. It's a lot of fun, it's a lot of work, but it's it's really rewarding. And in a year where we lost a lot of our sports, you know, from March until right now in December, it's been a very different year for someone like me and a lot of people in my line of business. And, you know, it's it, sometimes you just gotta figure out ways to get by. One of those ways right here was Monroe Mustangs. So, Thank you for coming along on this ride so far. I hope I, those of you who have been watching and those of you who are new are really enjoying this so far and a lot more to come in the next few weeks, months. See how long we can take this into next year and beyond. I would love to make this a regular thing even when sports are back. Um, so some of the new things that we're that were introduced in 2020, you know, it wasn't just a completely lost year once the pandemic started. We were very productive. During the pandemic, we announced our brand new Mustangs and Express logos. I had my hand in these for a couple of years as we were working on this, and I'm, I'm really proud of what we came up with here and the team that we put together and the company that we worked with to get this all done. They, everyone did a fantastic job. Everyone was very patient with each other, and I just really think that you know we really brought ourselves into a new era here. And it, it looks, you know, it's, it's just something I'm very proud of. Um, along with the new logos for the Mustangs, we announced the Sideline Store brought to you by BSN Sports, our apparel partner. And so far that's been great. I'm wearing apparel from it right now. And I've purchased a lot of things from it myself just because I love all the options we have. Literally hundreds, thousands of different options you could put together with different logos, different mottos, different designs, all these things, you know, give cutoff sweatshirts, t-shirts, performance wear, jackets, everything you could think of. We really have it all. So MonroeCollegeMustangs.com slash shop if you want to order from there. Usually here in the middle of the show, we have our promo code for the month. This month it's DEC20, that's DEC20 for December. And that gets you 20% off your order of $85 or more from the Monroe Mustangs sideline store. So it might be a little bit late to get something in for the end of the month, but you know, make sure you go there and, and check it out. You know, we really have a lot of great stuff, and I'm very proud of what we put together there with, with BSN Sports. We also 
uh, resurfaced the court at the Monroe Athletic Complex. Um, Francis Santos over there oversaw the whole job, sent me updates every day as he was in the office and I was working from here at home. And I, I'm really happy with how that came out. We got the new logo right there at center court, the new three-point lines that are coming into play in the next couple of years for men's basketball. And it's looking like a brand new court. It really is a brand new court, basically. And I just can't wait to get our teams on it. It's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. It looks really good. So let's go back to the year that was, and we really didn't get a chance to recap the 2019-20 season. And of course, you know, as everyone knows, it came to a screeching halt in March. We'll get there. I want to go somewhat chronologically here, and you know, focus on the big accomplishments our teams had. What happened with a lot of our teams this year? Just all the things we did. All the things we did in 2019-2020 up into this fall season that didn't happen, unfortunately. But let's, let's just go into it. So we can begin with the men's soccer team, of course. First ever national championship for the Monroe Mustangs men's soccer team. Just a fantastic, fantastic season for those guys. Um, I have my notes right here. I can't memorize everything. I'm sorry. You know, I try really hard, but... I don't want to miss anything, but that Mustangs team, 18-0 in 2019, like I said, the first ever national title. They made it to the national title game a few different times, unfortunately didn't come away with the championship until 2019. And you, know, you look at the schedule here, opened up immediately with a tournament down in Baltimore at CCBC Essex. Thank you to them for hosting every year. We love going down there. Hopefully, again, we get to do that soon. But the highlight of that tournament was that as you know, we were top team in the country right there the whole time. But we got to play the number five team in the country, Eastern Florida State, and beat them four to three. And it's a sign of things to come, as we'll get to. Go through the season, the team hasn't lost, barely giving up goals really this whole season. Uh, took on number nine Mercer County Community College in New Rochelle early October, beat them six nothing. Um, went down, you know, won the region championship against ASA College. Went down to Newark, New Jersey for the district championships. In the final, beat Essex County College, ranked number 10 at the time, 3-1 to one to move on to the national tournament as the number one seed. Again, team didn't lose a game all season, so inevitable that the team would be the number one seed. Going to pool play against Muskegon Community College. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And... Iowa Western Community College, and Iowa Western was one of the top-ranked teams the entire season, and the AC was probably a little bit low for them, so it was really a really good challenge for us. Um, of course, the Mustangs win the first game against Muskegon 4-0, and like I said, it was, it was a big challenge, but again, this team was just ridiculously good this year and beat Iowa Western 4-0 to advance through pool play. They got to play the tournaments. Cinderella, as they called it, in Illinois Central College, who was the 11th seed and made it through pool play there, to knocking out the two seed in the tournament to advance to the semifinals. But Mustangs, once again, taking care of business. 3-0 win. And then we get to the final against a team that we had already played this year, Eastern Florida State College. They had a really good run through the tournament as well. They were the number four seed, made it to the final against us. And Mustangs pick up the early goal, take an early lead in the game, and Eastern Florida State ties it up. And, you know, we're looking towards the, the final few minutes of the game. And it's still tied 1-1. And there was a very close red card called in the box. 
that led to Tobias Pelio taking a penalty kick for the Mustangs. Of course, Pelio puts it right into the back of the net, gives us a 2-1 to lead with five minutes left on the clock, and the rest is history. The celebration started five minutes later, and the Mustangs were national champions. Um, that was a very iconic moment. The camera caught Pelio celebrating. He ran right to the camera and jumped up and threw his fist in the air, and it was really just a special moment right there. Um, I mean, there's so much to say about this team again. Um, just, I remember that national championship game really well because I have a, a fun personal story that goes along with that. And of course, we'll, we'll follow up with this with the women's soccer team, but the women's soccer team coming off a national championship also made it to the national title game, as did the men's team, playing at the exact same time on the exact same night, just in two different states. And I had a wedding myself that night for two of my close friends. So of course, it's tough to, you know, this, this job of mine, it does bring you away from a lot of, you know, personal events that you want to attend. And I'm lucky enough to work at a place where they do give me this, this freedom to live my life while also doing my job because they know I'm, I'm committed. So I'm sitting here at this wedding. I got my two, my two phones, my personal phone, my work phone and trying to enjoy myself, but I had to watch these games. I had to watch these games. You know, I could have gotten away with it. I could have just written the story afterwards. I made the final score graphic, championship graphics in advance, just in case. Had them ready to go. And I'm sitting there at the wedding, just trying not to be rude, but I had two phones out watching two games at the exact same time. And, you know, that's, that's something I will not forget. Um, I will not forget that wedding at all because of that, but... It was a great wedding, of course, in itself. I had a great time. But it was just some special night, and that's one of the highlights of my career, just being able to attend a wedding and watch two national championship games at the same time. Um, just just really just <laughs> one of those things you, that, that just you take throughout your career. I'm sure I'm going to remember that forever because it was such a special night. Um, just some highlights from the season. Um, Tobias Pelio, after that game-winning goal, and he had a really, really strong tournament, was named the tournament MVP. Of course, Coach Marcus DiBernardo was named Coach of the Tournament. I think that's a given. Again, the team just steamrolled everybody in that tournament, gave up one total goal. Um, speaking of that one total goal, we had two really good goalies the whole year in Victor Camps and Oliver Semmel that literally split the season down the middle. One started one game, one started the next game. It just kept going back and forth, and... When you have two All-American quality goalies, that's just what you do. You know, Victor Camps was a first-team All-American in 2018, and Oliver was a an All-American in 2019. He was a, an All-Tournament team member, as well as Danny Hagler, who had a really good tournament as well. Um, like I said, Semmel was an All-American, first-team All-American, as well as Luca Earhart and Tobias Pelio. Luca Earhart had one heck of a season for the Mustangs. He scored 31 goals, totaled 68 points on the season. And both those numbers led the NJCAA this past year, and it's just an incredible feat. You know, the schedule was not was not easy, and this team really just scored a lot. So, and helping the team go undefeated again, Oliver Semmel had a 0.22 goals against average this season, which also led the NJCAA. He led the entire NJCAA with only two goals allowed the entire season. Of course, one of those in the national championship game, which you know can make you nervous when you don't give up goals and that happens, but um, just really an impressive season by this team. Um, the coaching staff was named coaching staff of the year by United Soccer Coaches. 
And again, just a given, basically the same coaching staff won it for the women's side the year before because of their work with the women's team that just happened to have to happen. So really just hats off to that team. National championship. In my three years at Monroe, I now have seen two national championships from the soccer teams. So I'm thankful for those opportunities. It's really, it's really amazing. Now we can move on to the women's soccer team, which, like I said, made it to the national championship for the second year in a row. You know, unfortunately, there were some injuries that day, and there was a red card that took our starting goalie out of the game. Hard to overcome. Took it. Took the loss to Tyler. That, um, of course, the team that they beat the year before. So, you know, tough beat. The team was just, again, so good the whole year. Um, you really can't say anything bad about them. We went 14-1 and overall, that one being the national championship. You know, it's, it's a tough sport. You know, it's hard to get there again. And playing a team that's also always right there in the finals in Tyler, I mean, it's, you know, it's going to be a challenge every single time. But the, the team was just so good. Um, and I remember this whole year, you know, the team went 14-1, could have played a lot more games, but had a lot of games that were canceled. And, um, you know, some teams are, have a tough time traveling this past year. So it is what it is. Um, early in the season, they took on Monroe Community College, number six in the country at the time, and beat them six to nothing in New Rochelle. Just an impressive thing for this team. Um, Cerritos College came in from the CCCAA, which is the California Community College Athletic Association. So out in California, they're the number one team in that association. Came all the way to the East Coast to play us. Really tough game, one of the more challenging games of the season. The Mustangs win that one, one to nothing. Again, just an impressive effort. I know that was a challenging game. And, you know, it wasn't really another ranked team on the schedule until CCBC Essex in early November for the Northeast District Championship. They were the number 12 team in the country. Mustangs beat them 6-1 to one to win the district championship again and return to the national tournament. And the tournament was challenging. You know, um, more these teams were scoring goals that... Um, you know, the Mustangs weren't used to giving up. So just coming in as the as a top seed wasn't, you know, it wasn't a given that this was going to be such a simple task. And, you know, opening round of the tournament, they see Monroe Community College again, just like they did early in the year, beat them 4-1, to so that was a good start. Then Laramie County Community College, which was the eighth seed in this tournament, gave them a run for the money, but Mustangs pulled it out, won 3-2. Lewis and Clark Community College in the semifinals, they were the number four seed, They'd actually met in pool play the year before, the year the Mustangs made the run to the championship. And that was another tough game, but the Mustangs pulled it out 5-3. to three. And then it was just a Tyler Junior College 4-1 to loss. Um, that game was close until early in the second half when, you know, again, the team lost the goalie. And when one of your best strikers has to go be the goalkeeper for the game, it's going to make it a challenge. So, uh, I mean, just another... Another impressive season by the women's soccer team, and when the next time we get to see them, I'm, you know, we're expecting the exact same thing to come from them. Um, we had four members of the team make the first team, the NJCAA first team, All-America team, in Sidoni Clark, Luana Grabias, Mayara Kiros Reyes, and Stephanie Rosa. And, you know, it just reflects upon what the team did this year. So impressive. Having four first-team All-Americans is just something ridiculous. Really, it's what it is. Um... Sidoni Clark was number five in the country in goals per game and points per game. Luana Gravias was tied for 10th in points per game in the country. 
and um, Grabias, Clark, and Race all were named to the all-tournament team as well after the tournament. It was, you know, again, it was nothing to be upset about finishing as the runner-up. They had such an incredible season. It was really impressive. Um, you know, after two years of the coaching staff kind of being a little bit in flux, um, we have a familiar face, someone who's been involved with the program from a little bit on the outside for the last couple of years, and Jay Myers. He's taking over as the head coach of the program. He's been in charge since December, and he, I mean, he's really had his hands on the program for years, so um, he's, a, he's a welcome addition to now officially be part of the program and head coach of this team for the hopefully years to come. Then we move on to the football team. And just, I mean, I've been at Monroe for three years and I've seen significant improvement in the football team every year. It's, it's, really, it's really impressive. You know, just the show keeps getting better every year. And this team was just another, like just had another really fun season. Um, you know, it wasn't necessarily as successful as the 2018 season where the Mustangs made their, you know, nationally ranked at the end of the year. First ever bowl game going to the Graphic Edge Bowl in Iowa, which was just a really fun trip. I got to go along with that, and it was a really good time and something that, you know, I'm sure a lot of the players as well as myself and everyone who got to go on that trip will treasure for a long time. And this season, a lot of high expectations on the Mustangs after that, and we really just, this was another impressive, impressive season. Um, unfortunately, there were two losses during the season, and both of them were the Northeast Football Conference opponents in Lackawanna College and ASA College, both of which finished the year as nationally ranked teams. Lackawanna actually played for the national championship. Unfortunately, they lost that game, but it just just, just goes to show what kind of competition there is in this region and um, the kind of teams that we play. But Mustangs won every other game this year and got another invite to a bowl game. And that was the Salt City Bowl in Hutchinson, Kansas, where we were going to play the number three team in the country in Hutchinson Community College, a team that's impressive every single year in NJCAA football. And it was a really big opportunity for the Mustangs. And Hutchinson is really known as a place where a lot of championships are played. You know, men's basketball championship is there every year. Women's volleyball championship is there every year. They host a bowl game every year. So it's a really great place to go and just... It was, it was a great trip. I got to make this trip. It was my first time going to Hutch, even though all of our teams always make it there every year. Um, they have another sports information director there who um, is very highly regarded in Steve Carpenter. Carp did a great job hosting us that weekend. Um, consider him a friend. He's just a really good person. I'm glad that I was able to make this trip and meet him in person. And um, unfortunately, we had a 45-23 loss to Hutch. It was more competitive than the score says. I know our guys were, were proud of their effort after the game. Um, Tim Donahue was a great story for us, linebacker for the Mustangs. The year before in the Graphic Edge Bowl, he was playing on special teams on the opening kickoff of the game and got caught in the turf and actually broke his leg. Um, really unfortunate, upsetting accident. Thankfully, he was ready to go for this season and had a really good year. Um, he was very impressive, and he had a really good game that day. Um, among a bunch of Mustangs that had really good games, but Tim stands out because he was named the... the Defensive player of the game for the Salt City Bowl. He got a plaque for it, and um, you know, a lot of us were really proud of him for that. And it's just a, a good full circle moment for him to have that redemption. And I know I was very happy for him that day. Um, and then I can go through some of the records that this team put up this year. Um, first and foremost, the team ranked as high as number seven in the NJCAA this year. 
and it's the highest the team has ever been. And it's again, there are so many superpowers in NJCAA football that you see near the top of the rankings every single year, and this team was among them almost the entire season. And it's something to be proud of and something to build off of for sure. And uh, you know, I'm sure that they would have been ready to go to do this in late August, early September, just get the season started and you know try to try to break that record. And it hasn't happened yet. And we will see what you know what comes of this season in the next couple of months. But the team was number one in the NJCAA, NJCAA in scoring, averaging 49.8 points per game this year. Just really, really impressive. Um, number four on defense in points allowed per game, just 14.3. So that helps win a lot of games, of course. And number two defense in total yards per game, 211.3. It's just this is a really impressive figure. Um, the team is usually near the top of the NJCAA on defense every single year in points allowed and uh, yards allowed per game. So, of course, you want to see that consistency. And just some impressive records we really had. Um, you know, our cornerback, Emmanuel Apiateki, had eight interceptions. He led the NJCAA in interceptions this year. He had 11 in his two seasons at Monroe, and he really, just really impressive. And that was, a, his 11 were a, I mean, his eight were a season record, of course, for the Mustangs. His 11 were a record for the career, and just, you know, he's going to continue doing great things. Um, we had Jevin Frett, wide receiver, who set the career mark for receiving yards with 883 after the season. Wide receiver Lucas Nunez had nine receiving touchdowns. Fred had eight. They were both, they were neck and neck the whole season, but Nunez really stood out. He, he scored a really impressive touchdown at the Salt City Bowl, and he had four receiving touchdowns in a single game in the final regular season game at Hawking College. Just ridiculous record to break. Um, our kicker, who was also a wide receiver in Idrissa Nikiema, had 91 total points scored, and that is the most points scored in team history, both for a career and the regular season. He had one touchdown, but he had 61 extra points made. He had eight field goals in the season. All those numbers right there, well, the 61 extra points and the eight field goals are all um, program records. And he made just under 89% of his field goals. So, you know, when you want to win games, making field goals is really helpful. And it's not a given at this level necessarily. Um, quarterback Dominic Schaffner and running back Clayton Scott tied for the team lead and tied for fourth in the NJCAA with 14 rushing touchdowns apiece. Just really good numbers. Um, those are both Monroe single season records and career records. So just an impressive season on the ground for this team in general. We had a lot of other running backs that were just really good all season, but those two led the way. Um, Scott even missed a game or two this year, if I remember correctly, and put that number up. So that's just really impressive. But um, Dom Schaffner had... You know, unquestionably the number one season in program history from a quarterback. He averaged 266.3 total yards of offense per game. So that's the rushing and passing totals. And just by far broke that record. Um, he had 2,929 total yards of offense, which is a career record for the Mustangs and a single season record. His 2,488 passing yards were a record. 27 passing touchdowns were a record. And we're number four in the NJCAA as well. Um his 41 total touchdowns, the 27 passing, and the 14 rushing were single season and career records for the Mustangs. Uh, a record 164 pass completions, a record 279 pass attempts. You know, this team has always been known for its rushing ability, and he brought a, a new factor to the passing game that really the team's been building upon. The last couple of years when I was there, um, 
we, you know, the passing game was getting better. It was really improving. It helps when your head coach was a quarterback and really knowledgeable in Terry Karg. So, um, just, you know, ridiculous numbers we saw this year. Um, it was a really, really fun football season and you know, I can't wait for the next one. It's going to be, it's going to be a really good time. Then we move on to volleyball season and, you know, you'll notice the trend here, how successful all of our teams were in the fall and just making, you know, putting themselves on the big stage in the NJCAA this past year. And, you know, it's, it's, again, it's been a trend. These teams have been successful for years, but this was just one of the more impressive years we've ever seen. And we'll, we'll, we'll follow up on that later, but the women's volleyball team went 27 and 14 this past year. Um, you know, they went on a lot of trips. They went to Arizona. They hosted a couple tournaments here in New, in New Rochelle. They went to Virginia. They went to Rhode Island. You know, they went to Florida a number of times. You know, a couple different trips, all these different places. And it really helps the team when they have to eventually go to the district championship, which, excuse me, which um, in 2018 after some NJCAA redistricting, um, moved the Mustangs district championship hopes to Alabama every single year in the Gulf Atlantic district. So they would be one of six teams, um, one of two teams that come in from out of that region to come in and play for that district title. And that, that, re that district does award an A title and a B title. So we have two teams that come out of that tournament and make the national championship. And the first time around, Mustang surprised everyone, made a run, and took that B championship and made it back to the national tournament. Again, it's just been a big run um, every single year. For, you know, the, it was three, after 2018, it was three years in a row at the NJCAA tournament. And, you know, they, they get down to Alabama. They win the first match of, of the tournament against Sneed State, but lose to Gadsden State on, in their second match of the first day. So, you know, they have to head into the loser's bracket of the tournament, unfortunately. So now... They go on to take on Coastal Alabama Community College, pick up a three-set win. And then second match of the day, and who I believe was a nationally ranked team in Wallace State Community College, um, a team that they had to face the, the year before too and was really challenged by, beat them in five sets and moved on to the final day of the tournament where they opened the day against, now remember, two days already, they've already played four matches, and they're used to playing two matches a day a lot of times. But... On this last day, they opened up against Lawson State Community College, and they pick up the win. They win 3-1. to one. And if I'm not mistaken, that win gave them that district championship, the B title at the very least, automatically right there because it was a double elimination tournament, essentially. So then they go on to play Gadsden State, who they lost to in the first round. And honestly, the momentum just must have been something else for this team because they rolled through them 3-0 win three sets and put Gadsden State on the brink and now they have to go to a third match of the day which is just unheard of and I feel for these women because they worked so hard that day really to force a, th a third match that day a seventh match in three days is just insane and they pushed Gadsden State to its limits again in that one it was a really really close match but they lost in five sets unfortunately again a really close one but they were moving on to the national tournament where for the fourth straight year, I should say. And they went down to, mentioned before, Hutchinson uh, Community College, where the Hutchinson Sports Arena famously hosts the volleyball championships every single year, as well as men's basketball. And they opened up against Navarro College, coming in as the one seed. The Mustangs were the 16th seed. So 
you know, looking to make that upset that just doesn't happen, the 16 beating the one. And they fall behind in the first set. They play it really close. They lose 25-21. They then win the second set, 25-22. And Navarro is, you know, probably getting a little bit nervous there because um, the Mustangs were looking really good. And the third set was once again close, but the Mustangs lose it 25-21. And then the fourth set, again, just every single set was close, but a 25-20 loss right there, unfortunately, ended the title hopes of the Mustangs. And Navarro did eventually move on to win the national championship at the end of this tournament. So just a really impressive effort. They gave him one of their biggest challenges throughout that tournament. And this team every single year is just so much fun to watch. And they really just, they put in heck of an effort every single year. Last two years going through Alabama just to get to the national tournament is already impressive enough. So you know, you really got to give Coach Neftali Delgado-Reyes just a lot of credit for getting, putting his team together and getting them ready for these tournaments and really making them a, a a challenge for every for all these other teams, especially you know in their home state and their home courts, they've really done a great job. Um, of course, the end of the season, just some of the highlight, the accolades I should really point out. Um, Julia Lalonga had a great year and was really recognized for it. She was a second team NJCAA All American and a third team AVCA two year college All American, which takes in takes into account Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. CCCAA, anywhere where it's two-year college, they, that all comes together. And to be a third-team All-American there is puts you among the top of the top. So congratulations to Julia. And we'll follow up with her later as she won some more awards that were really impressive. But for the fifth straight year, the Mustangs were also named an eight to, or were awarded the AVCA Team Academic Award. Um, every single year, this team is impressive academically. And... Again, credit to Coach Natali Delgado Reyes for keeping his priorities straight and making sure that you know he's not only um, recruiting great athletes but recruiting great students. And um, these students really step up both on the court and in the classroom. So again, hats off to these teams. Um, so next, we go to cross country season. Of course, the men and women. Um, these teams are great every single year. Coach Shervon Green impressively recruits just top talent from around the world every single year. He and Coach Leslie Hogg with cross country and track and field. It's, it really is amazing, the athletes you see at Monroe College when it comes to the track and field and cross country teams. Really every team, but we're focusing on these ones now. So the men's team had a big improvement from the year before, finished 21st at Nationals. Of course, they were at Nationals. And the women's team set a new record, finishing 7th overall at the National Tournament. So it's, it's amazing to see the improvement every single year from teams that are just so impressive and running out of the Northeast, you know, you don't really see super successful teams coming out of this area, this region. Um, so for what they, what they do is just impressive every, every single year. Um, some more individual awards, of course, Coach Siobhan Green every single year basically wins the Atlantic Region Coach of the Year Award. And um, Sharon Chumo was named the Atlantic Region Women's Cross Country Athlete of the Year, Jeffrey Boali was named the men's region um, track and field, sorry, cross country athlete of the year. Um, they were both really impressive. Um, right near the top of every race they were in, Chumo won two different meets that year, and Wally won three meets. And Chumo was also an All American after after finishing, I believe, 14th overall at the national tournament. Just again, this this team every single year does something impressive, and they're really a team to watch every single year. Um, our rugby team. Is coached by 
Tiffany Faye, who was a previous guest on this show, and what you know, she she really brings a lot of prestige to the program. And this past year, you know, there were some struggles with attendance, and um, you know, the team still came together. They worked hard. They played hard. It wasn't the season that we've seen before from them, but I know from talking with the coach and some athletes during the year. They're looking forward to bigger and better things in the future, and the rugby program is really a big value to Monroe College and the Monroe Athletic Program. It, you know, we don't not every school has rugby, and I think we're very unique in having that program. And you know, I'm excited to learn more about rugby as they go on and to um, see where this team goes because you get a lot of impressive athletes that are playing for that team. It's really, it's really a good time. So after this, you know, that's that's the fall season right there. As we said unprecedented success sorry for me drinking water during the show it's a lot of talking for me um any of my friends and family that are listening to this are going to say that's ridiculous i talk a lot all the time but still it's a lot of talking so i you know gotta hydrate so we can move on to the winter season now after really just an incredibly successful fall season it's hard to live up to what the fall season did you know a national championship a national runner-up a national tournament appearance or volleyball a bowl game national meet appearances for the men's and women's cross-country teams just it's unheard of you know i i I don't want to call us title town yet but i know in the future i'm going to have a year where these teams are just fighting for championships at all sports and i'm very excited for it really 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 excited for that so let's go to men's basketball season where men's basketball team you know was looking looking forward to big things this year they had a lot of tough opponents on the schedule um some big trips planned and they, they really, you know, they made, they made the best of the season. And, you know, they started early in the season. They went to Kansas. They played uh, number seven, Hutchinson Community College. Of course, there's Hutch again. But this one was actually at Barton Community College. And, you know, they played a couple of really tough teams. And, you know, unfortunately lost both games down there. Barton was eventually a ranked team as well. And, um, but I think they really came back and learned a lot from those games. Because early in the season, you know, a lot of young student athletes there traveling maybe making that kind of trip for the first time and going to play two really tough teams in a tough environment. It, you know, it, it's hard to win in those games, but you learn from these games and it obviously helped them throughout the rest of the season going down there and doing that. Um, you know, Monroe hosts a bunch of tournaments every single year, play a lot of good teams and, you know, the team starts winning a lot of games. Um, I will say the team finished with a 24-9 overall record. Um, again, to win that many games and to keep your losses in single digits is just a very impressive thing to do. Um, you know, we, we go down to uh, Florida at the end of December. Actually, it was a, a trip to Maryland right before that, playing some tough teams down there, and then went to Florida, down to Tallahassee, and to Panama City for a couple different tournaments right around, you know, right after the holidays, right before New Year's and through New Year's, really. And played a lot of challenging teams, like I said. You know, it didn't, it didn't, the results were not what they wanted. They picked up one win out of four games. One of those games was a close game against Tallahassee Community College. That was number 12 ranked at the time. Again, just, you know, taking away the lessons that you can from a trip like that. It's not easy to go down there and play these teams that are, you know, so prestigious. You know, I'm looking at Northwest Florida State College is always in the national rankings for men's basketball. And Gulf Coast State College, I believe, was ranked at some point. Um, if not, they were very highly considered for the rankings during the year. So just, again, tough opponents. You take what you, take what you can from those games. And, you know, we home, move home, play a lot of home games the rest of the year and a lot of games from around the region. 
um, won a far majority of the games the rest of the way, and then had to play um, their usual region championship tournament against ASA College and Harkham College. The way this season went, Harkham won the regular season title for the region for region 15, so they were hosting the tournament. Um, Monroe hosted the first round against ASA and beat them 96 to 73 to move on to that championship game. And then that game against Harkham was just something else. Um, off the top of my head, of course I have notes here and forgot to write this down, but can't remember if it was a double overtime or triple overtime game. They played this at Westchester University, so a nice big gym. And the Mustangs pull it out 90 to 87 against Harkham that was nationally ranked almost the entire season as well. And really big win. I know that meant a lot to the players, and they moved on to the district championship, which in the year before, in 2018-19, they went on to play Allegheny, um, Allegheny Community College, or Allegheny College of Maryland, I'm sorry, um, in the East District Championship in 2019, and suffered a one-point loss, unfortunately. I know it was a really heartbreaking one for that team, and it made it a goal for those sophomores and the coaching staff coming back that they had to get past that this year. And hosted Hagerstown Community College in the East District Championship, and you know that game was probably a little bit close in the beginning, but the Mustangs really took care of business. Won that game 89-66. They were East District champions, and they were ready to go back to Hutchinson, Kansas for the first time after a couple of years off of making the national tournament trip. And, um, you know, the big celebration on our home court. It was great to do that in front of a huge home crowd. A lot of fun that day. And we get to the NJCAA... Um, selection show and we find out we're going to be playing Colby Community College in the first round of the tournament and shortly thereafter we know, we know how this story goes you know that's early March that this is all happening and the COVID-19 pandemic hits and it wasn't you know it was it was national news that um, there was a breakout in New Rochelle and it was the other side of New Rochelle Monroe College was away from everything Monroe College was you know, did a great job throughout all this, kept everyone safe. We had no cases at this time, but when it's national news that your team is in that area, you know, it's tough to it's tough to want that team to come to your tournaments. And that was a big consideration, but in the end this pandemic hit everywhere and they had to eventually just cancel the 2019-20 NJCAA E team sponsored Division One men's basketball championship tournament. Which is unfortunate, you know, not just for us, but for all the other teams that were going there and had their national title hopes taken away. But unfortunately, that was just part of this season. You know, we'll talk about this more um, at the end after we recap everything. Um, you know, there's just so much to say about the pandemic, of course. Um, but we'll get we will we will get there. Um, let's talk about some of the good things though that happened with men's basketball because we had Juan Felix Rodriguez from this team become, I believe, just the second ever two-time All-American in Monroe Mustangs history. Um, he was an honorable mention in 2019 and 2020 moved up to the second team. And, you know, if you, you could see it on our social medias right now, um, he with a couple other Mustang alumni playing for Stony Brook University, um, having a really good season so far early on. And, you know, we just, we want them to stay safe, be able to get that season done, of course, as well as, um, you know, have a really good career out there. It's it's great to see alumni succeeding. And um, if you look at the Stony Brook men's basketball social media page, it's him and Muhammadu Gee, another former Mustang, just putting up highlights every single night. So 
really proud of those guys. And, um, you know, I also like to thank Juan for being one of the first guests on Monroe Mustangs. He was a really good guest, so I had a lot of fun with him. Now we move on to the women's basketball season. And, you know, this is another team that was um, growing under coach Dana Warner, who, again, a couple years before that, had transitioned over from the men's game to the women's game. So he was still, he was still learning himself. And this team had a really good year. And, you know, again, just like the men's team, took a lot of trips, played in a lot of tournaments, and um, got a lot of experience going on the road and playing really good teams. And the way it works out, you know, they win the region championship this year, they beat ASA College a couple times during the season, and they get that region title first for Coach Warner as his tenure as head coach of the team. Um, they were set to play um, Hartford Community College in the Northeast District Championships, but... Um, due to an incident we're not going to go into with Hartford, they were unable to play that game. So while we were really looking forward to that and think it would have been a really good game, um, unfortunately Hartford had to forfeit, and that by default awarded the Mustangs the Northeast District Championship title and that automatic bid to the national tournament in Lubbock, Texas. As the story goes, same with the men's team. That tournament didn't happen. Really unfortunate for our team, you know. We, we drew Wabash, Community, Wabash Valley College. Again, sorry if I'm mistaking any of these names, but they were going to be our first-round opponent. We were coming in as 24C, which is the lowest seed in the tournament, and you know there were plenty of doubters, and I know this this team was fired up, and they wanted to prove everyone wrong, and they wanted to prove they belonged. And you know, seeing that improvement they made at the end of the season, you know I think they really could have they could have made some noise, or they could have turned some heads, and unfortunately didn't get that opportunity, as well as any of the teams they got that went down there, because again, the, the pandemic affected all of us, and unfortunately, that tournament just didn't happen. And, you know, all you could say is it is what it is. Um, but again, some of the positives of this year, you know, the team finished 19-11 overall. They had a good year. And freshman Ty- Cheyenne Talbot was an honorable mention All-American. Doing that her freshman year means that she will have an opportunity when, when her sophomore season is over to be a two-time NJCAA All-American, and that doesn't happen very often. So, um, you know... Local, a local student athlete as well. So, um, you know, looking forward to what this team is in the future. I know Coach Warner has been really working hard to improve himself and the team. So, um, you know, looking forward to what the women's basketball team is going to be in the years to come. Uh, the JV men's basketball team, unfortunately, was a victim of the pandemic as well. Had their season cut short. They finished 14-14 overall. They do a great thing every single year. Um, you know, Coach Neely, Coach Chris Neely, um, helped start the AIPGCC conference, which is usually consists of a lot of um, local club teams and prep teams, and you really see some good competition. So, and you know, I can't speak upon, I, I can't speak enough about the value of the JV program for our men's basketball program as as a whole. Um, you know, it just it really it really makes the program overall better, and you know, you see a lot of athletes that move on up to the men's varsity team, and a lot of athletes that play the JV game for us one year, two year, and they move on to other schools and make, you know, they really have a good collegiate career. So, um, you know, unfortunately they didn't get to play in the AIP GCC tournament. That tournament ended up not happening, but, um, you know, it's something really good the JV team does every single year. Um, congratulations to Coach Neely, by the way, who was, he built that JV program up. He was with Monroe for a long time and, you know, he, he's getting what he deserves. He's now going to be the head coach of the Monroe Express men's basketball team. So congratulations to him. I know he's going to do great things with that program like he did with our JV program here. Now being a varsity coach, he's going to do a great job. So for the Express, you guys are getting a good one. And 
we move on from that to another just really, really impressive season. The indoor track and field teams, the men's and women's teams. Um, they, they travel to a lot of different competitions and they play a lot of, they, they compete against a lot of high-end NCAA Division One opponents. You know, they really do go and travel and they make it worthwhile for the athletes. You know, you get really good experience and they really get to compete at the highest level. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Um, of course, at the National Championship Tournament, the men's team took sixth overall. Women's team took seventh overall. It just really, you know, really impressive outings for this team. Like I said with cross country, you know, you don't see teams coming from the Northeast that are really always that highly ranked. You know, these teams were ranked all season and they were incredibly impressive at the national tournament as they always are, or national meet, I'm sorry, as they always are. So um, it's it just, it's always impressive to see. Um, on the men's and women's side too, very impressively, the 4x800 relay teams won their respective national titles. The women's team defending that title from the year before. And um, just an amazing thing. And a lot of fun to see the national title won on both sides in the same event. Um, so I will, you know, I have to congratulate on the men's side, Filani Madua, Kajan Paris, Christopher Spellman, and Karan Charles for winning that race on the men's side. And for the women's side, we had the Amon twins, Joanna Archer and Faten Laribi. Um... Again, all just super impressive athletes and doing a great job. And, you know, it, it's just, it's one of those events that we specialize in every single year, it seems. And it's really great to see them succeeding. Um, all in all, we had, um, you know, of course, you win the national championship there. Those are automatically All-Americans. So those two teams were named All-Americans by the NJCAA. Also, the NJCAA named um, Gianna Roberts, a second team All-American for the 60-meter hurdles. And Lloyd McCurdy, who the year before had won the indoor championship for the triple jump, he took second place this year, so also an All-American for him. Um, the United States Track and Field Cross Country, Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association, which is the USTFCCCA, recognized 11 different All-American distinctions for the, the Mustangs men's team. Um, 13 of those for the women's team. And the NJCAA also specifically recognized you know, not only the 4 by 800 relay team, but also Joanna Archer, again, is the 800-meter runner. She was, she finished second in that race, so she's an All-American. Just, you know, congratulations to all those athletes who just had a fantastic season and did a fantastic job at the national stage. Um, awards, Joanna Archer, 2020 Atlantic Region Women's Track Athlete of the Year, Lloyd McCurdy, 2020 Atlantic Region Men's Field Athlete of the Year, Jeffrey Bowali. 2020 Atlantic Region Men's Track Athlete of the Year. Coach Leslie Hogg, sixth straight year as the 2020 Atlantic Region Men's Coach of the Year. Sixth straight year for you know Associate Head Coach Javon Green uh, as the Atlantic Region Men's and Women's Assistant Coach of the Year. Um, and you know one of the most impressive things I could say uh, or awards that this team has won is that the women's track team for indoor and outdoor this year was named the NJCAA Academic Team of the Year with a combined GPA of 3.54. And that's the third straight year for the outdoor team winning it. Second straight year for the indoor team. Of course, the outdoor season, unfortunately, did not happen this year because of the pandemic. And really, it was it's just, you know, as technically an administrator for Monroe College, you know, one thing you really want to see is, of course, you want to see success on the field and on the court and, you know, in competition. But the academics are so important and seeing that this team does it every you know year in year out is winning that award um is just 
a feat like no other. And it's incredibly impressive. And we're very, very, very proud of those athletes. Um, and we will get to more academic awards, I'm very happy to say, as I go along here. Um, we get to the spring season. As I already said, you know, the outdoor track and field season just didn't happen. But baseball got to start its year, went down to Texas, went down to Louisiana, went down to South Carolina. They played 14 games. Um, 13 of those were on the road to start. And then that 14th was right here, in New Rochelle, right home in New Rochelle. Our first home home game of the year, Dick Caswell Field down at Flowers Park. Um, you know, on my end, I was very happy to say that was like the first ever baseball live stream at a home game. We finally figured it out, got it done, and had a great game. You know, they had the Mustangs had a walk off win, and it was a lot to celebrate. And that was March 10th, and unfortunately, March 11th, and I will follow up on that as well, is the day that all of our seasons were called off, and so. You know, I'm glad the team got that one moment, but it's really unfortunate because the team was coming off back-to-back district championships, the first two in program history, and that means back-to-back trips to the JUCO World Series in Grand Junction, Colorado, um, a trip that I got to go on the previous year in 2019. It was one I will remember forever. It was such a fun trip, just professionally, personally, it was a great time. And unfortunate that this team didn't get a chance to go back there because it was... It was built for it, and you know they were really competitive. They, you know, going on the road to start the year is not an easy thing to do against teams that have been playing the entire winter. So, um, I was ready for it. It's unfortunate that team didn't get a chance to uh, make it three straight years, but you know we just won't count the year. And the next season that we play, we'll be we'll consider that three straight years if they can make it. Unfortunately, all this same goes for the softball team. You know they were coming off two po- two straight postseason appearances. Their first two as um, a Division One team going down to Region 10 to uh, to compete there in their postseason. And, you know, unfortunately, the team only got three games in. They had one weekend trip to Richard Bland College, and then that was it. The home opener was scheduled for March 13th, of course, you know, two days after the seasons were over. And, unfortunately, that season just barely ever got started. And um, it's unfortunate because, again, another team that was very promising, you know, Coach Samantha Santillo, just I know how fired up she gets for her season, and I know she was ready for this one. Was really excited, and um, just getting to see the team in practice, I was very excited to see the team as well. Softball is one of you know one of those uh, seasons I always look forward to. Just yeah, I love you know the quick action of softball and um, how many games they play. Just the doubleheader is always fun. So an unfortunate loss for us this year as well is just not having that year. So I want to go into some awards. Some, some bigger awards that we had, but, you know, I want to just talk about that one, that day when everything kind of came crashing down, which was March 11th, which happens to be my birthday. It was a, a fun one going into work that day, knowing, um, you know, thing, we, we kind of already had the writing on the wall of what was happening. Um, you know, it was, teams didn't want to travel anymore. Um, like I said, New Rochelle was just kind of in everyone, you know, everyone in the world knew where, where New Rochelle was now because of this one breakout that, in the grand scheme of things, did not prove to be too large as, you know, compared to what we see now, but it is what it is. And on March 11th, we officially made the announcement that the Mustangs athletic season was coming to an end, and we were not the first, and very much not the last. You know, you didn't see much college athletic competition in the days after that, and then it was over. Um, obviously, we know... The NCAA canceled March Madness. 
and didn't have any spring seasons and you know it's just an unprecedented year but I just I will remember that day always um again of course you know it's just so lucky that this kind of thing happens on my birthday but um I remember just you know our director of athletics Lou Melendez calling a big meeting to bring in all the spring sport athletes and winter sport athletes and um you know everyone whose season was ready to keep going and bringing them in and you know, breaking the news to them that, you know, this thing is spreading too much. It's become bigger than us. And we had to make the decision that our seasons were over. And, you know, I really want to commend our athletes for how they reacted that day. Of course, they're going to be upset. You know, there were a lot of tears, not just the athletes, the coaches, administrators, you know, it, it, it just, it was a very upsetting day. You know, um, it's tough to see a lot of young people not being able to do what they love. And it was hard on all of us, but, you know, nobody, I didn't see anybody complain. I didn't see anybody get angry and they really understood what was going on here. And it was really, really great to see everyone kind of come together, support each other. And, you know, I can also say that, you know, our, our athletes did what they had to do after that. They focused on the academics, they finished the years. And they were really impressive in the classroom. So, you know, hat, again, I keep saying it, but hats off to our athletes for, you know, doing what you need to do and reacting very maturely. And for some young student athletes, you know, a good 10 years younger than me, um, you know, that kind of maturity is really impressive. And, you know, again, very proud of all of you for what you did at the end of that year. Um, you know, things didn't exactly get better around the world after that. Um, you know, like I said, we had we've announced some awards were announced, and you know we were hoping to get ready for the 2020 fall season, but unfortunately, pretty much every sport didn't happen. Um, you know, there's a little football happening out out west in the Midwest. Um, there was some cross country, but a lot of teams didn't compete this year, and you know our entire region was shut down for the whole year. So um, for the whole fall, I should say. So. You know, it's December now, we're in the middle of December, and hopefully looking forward to 2021 being better for all of us. Um, and, you know, you know, we'll see how, how things are going in a couple weeks. And, you know, for someone like me, you know, I miss, I miss the sports a lot. You know, thankfully we have sports on TV, um, college sports, professional sports. But, you know, my job is usually consists of nights and weekends with the Mustangs. So, you know, unfortunately that's not there right now. And hopefully we're getting back to that soon. You know, let's um, let's all do our part. Make sure we get there. Things are are promising right now, but we got to make sure that we stay strong and um, everyone wear your masks, stay safe, stay home when you can. Everything like that. I'm not gonna. I don't want to preach to everyone. You all know how it is. Let's do our. Let's do everything we can to make sure that this coming year is a huge improvement on this past year, and we're ready to get back to what the new normal is gonna be. So that's it. Let me talk about some of the more impressive things the Mustangs did this year as well. We had 65 student athletes named to the NJCAA All-Academic Team. We are usually, I want to say, top five every single year in the number of athletes that we get on that list. Um, no different this year. It's just incredibly impressive. I know the number of first-teamers we had, which is um, those who have a 4.0 GPA during the year, was a new record for us. And again, just so incredibly impressive and in a year where it would have been so easy to just give up these athletes didn't and again just from from my i'm so proud of everybody um you know i mentioned the women's track and field teams 
winning the um, Academic Team of the Year award from the NJCAA. In addition to that, we had 10 other teams that qualified and earned Team Academic Honorable Mention from the NJCAA. That was women's soccer, men's soccer, women's volleyball, men's track, men's cross country, women's cross country, men's basketball, women's basketball, men's indoor and outdoor track and field, and softball. And that was that was the highest number I've seen so far and the highest number Monroe's ever had. And it's just such an incredible thing that these athletes do so well. And, you know, for student athletes at a junior college that are looking to eventually continue their careers at four-year schools, those academics are so important. And this is why so many Monroe athletes move on and have impressive careers and do great things. So keep it up. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm always, I'm always proud to see these numbers. I'm always really happy to report them and show them off to the school. So let's keep doing that. Um, again, in terms of academics, uh, we had, uh, Luca Earhart from men's soccer and Julia Lalonga from women's soccer, from women's volleyball, excuse me, named Natica, which is, uh, you know what, forget it, it's a long name, uh, I'll remember it later, but Natica Honorable Mention Scholar Athletes, which is considered across the country, and they were, you know, considered among the top of the top academically right there, and it's an impressive award, and, you know, I was really happy, we were really happy to nominate them, and to see them recognized for it as well. So, you know, congratulations to Luca and Julia on that one again. Um, let's get away from academics a little bit. We'll get back to a, uh, another one of that in a second. But Tobias Pelio from the men's soccer team, you know, he was recognized as the United Soccer Coaches National Men's Soccer Athlete of the Year for two-year colleges. He was a tournament MVP. He was a first-team NJCAA All-American. And for the first time in Monroe history, we had a Monroe student-athlete win the David Rollins Award which is the NJCAA Male Student Athlete of the Year. That's not just men's soccer. It's not just fall sports. That is the top men's student athlete, male student athlete in the NJCAA across all three divisions for the entire 2019-20 season. Tobias was, you know, he was a good leader on the field. You know, his stats don't show what he did. His stats are really, I mean, he had a really impressive statistical tournament. But his season was great, and he was so well-recognized by his coaches and teammates for what he did throughout the whole year. And, you know, he made a great case for the award and obviously won it. So congratulations to him. I hope he's not the last one to ever win that. I don't think he will be from Monroe. But just an incredibly impressive thing to win and so proud that we had a student-athlete win that award. And one that personally to me is just a big one is the COSIDA Academic All-America Award which is the College Sports Information Directors of America Academic All-America Award. It's incredibly prestigious. Um, you know, when you work in my line of things as a sports information director, you know about COSIDA. You know, I'm a member of COSIDA, and you know about this award and how important it is. You know, I've attended a COSIDA convention before, and um, they do an induction for Hall of Famers every year, and some impressive athletes come through there every single year. I know I, I got to meet Drew Brees of the New Orleans Saints, he was being inducted so you know these are the kind of level of athletes you see win these awards and really just i'm in last week's episode of monroe mustangs with marta alemani sanchez of women's soccer in 2019 2018-19 she was a member of the cosida academic all-america team and i told her how proud of her i was of that because it's such a, an important award to me and this year once again for the second year in a row um in a new at-large um segment of cosida academic all-america we once again just we, we were the majority, basically. Mustangs, once again, named five athletes to this team. It's just, you know, like, it's, it's unheard of how, how strong of student-athletes we have here. But congratulations to 
and this this was a new one, uh, Joanna Archer of the women's track and field and cross country teams, who obviously just super super impressive athlete, um, was really good cross country, really good two years of track and field, you know, multiple time national champion, all American, but she was named the COSIDA Academic All America Team Member of the Year for the women's at large region, and this is just such a prestigious award to me. Um, it means that you are literally the best of the best when it comes to, you know, this, um, the two-year colleges that we were grouped in with and, um, you know, just how strong of an, an athlete you have to be, but also how strong of a student you have to be. And it's such a big award that, you know, I, again, I got to speak to her after she won the award and I told her how I was very proud. And I, I could say that a million times over and it's, it just doesn't become less true. It's a really great award and I'm proud to say that we had an athlete win that award. And again, I don't think it'll be the last time we have one. But also, you know, we had four other members of the COSIDA Academic All-America team. And from speaking with that committee, they told me that a few of them were also considered for that same award. So really proud of these these four others. Uh, again, Julia Lalonga from Women's Volleyball, just, um, you know, racking up all the awards. Victor, Camp from, Victor Camps from Men's Soccer, who was a 2018 All-American. And like I said, you know, we had two goalies this past year, splitting time. And, you know, again, he deserved that recognition. He was a strong student both those years. And for him to now, you know, this this isn't the year that he won an All-American for soccer, but he won it as a student athlete. So really happy for that. And then from the track men's track and field team, we had both Lloyd McCurdy and Kajon Paris, who, again, the track and field teams, like I said, are just so impressive all the time, every single year, um, academically. And you know, when two strong athletes are winning that award, it's just, it's very, it's very fitting. And, you know, we're very proud to see all these athletes win that award. And especially me, just because I love to see that. Um, I said it a few times and I, I could say it over and over again, that the way this year was trending for us, we had all of our fall teams go to the national tournaments or a bowl game or, you know, reach the national stage. The winter teams, the same thing. The indoor track and field, they made it there. And the men's and women's basketball teams, unfortunately, just, they made it there, but they just didn't get to go there. And... One metric that recognizes the overall success of an athletic department is the Natica Dactronics Cup, which has a point system that ranks teams, you know, in, in your section. So for us, it's two years, two years scholarship schools. And we finished fourth overall in the entire country. And this was an improvement on the year before where I believe we finished seventh. You know, that was a record previously. This is just incredibly impressive. Um, you know, it's of course based on the sports that finished. So, um, you know, I think if softball and baseball and outdoor track and field got to add to that, it would have probably helped our scores there too. Um, again, just the overall effort of our coaching staff, our athletes, you know, the training staff that helped keep student athletes healthy, healthy um, the leadership of our, you know, administration, Lou Melendez, Sandy Rodriguez, Jessica Rayford, and for the Mustangs, just like, it's, it's, it's an incredible Incredible feat, and you know, like I said, I don't want to call us Title Town yet, but it's coming. It's coming very soon. Monroe is just making waves across the country, and um, we are we are certainly recognized. And the last award that I want to talk about, which um, you know, not saving the best for last, but this one is, is my favorite. And for you know, personally, selfishly, really, is the NJCAA announced a new batch of awards this year, and one of them was the NJCAA Sports Information Director of the Year Award. And, you know, I got to thank my boss, our AD, Lou Melendez, for putting in a really good nomination for me because I did, in fact, 
win that award. And for those of you on video, here it is. It actually finally arrived a couple weeks ago. Really proud of it. Um, really, it's a, it's a, it was a career-defining moment. Um, you know, if you go back on our website and read about it, I, you know, I said how I felt about it. I'm really proud of it. Um, you know, it just, it's, it's easy to do a job like this when you have so many amazing coaches and an amazing and supportive administration and college administration as well as the athletic administration. And just when you have a lot of great student athletes, and like I said, you know, you look at these academic awards and you look at the athletic awards and the success of all these teams, and I think that's what helped me get there. And, you know, again, I'm very thankful to everyone that helps me, you know, earn this award. Um, again, it's just so easy to want to work hard for all the student athletes here at Monroe. So, you know, thank you to the NJCAA and everyone else that made that happen. Um, yeah, I mentioned also from Hutchinson Community College, they had a really good SID in Steve Carpenter, and he won the another, um, um, I would say, more prestigious award in the Mary Ellen Light Service Award, um, just for everything he's done for so many years over at Hutchinson Community College. So, you know, another person I'm glad to know. Um, and, you know, there are two recipients that win that award, and the other one was Carrie Ann McTiernan, who is the AD at Nassau Community College nearby Region 15, and she's the Region 15 Women's Director. She's very involved in the NJCAA very highly regarded. I get to work with her because I also um, help with the sports information side of Region 15 and, you know, another two people that were just very, very um, deserving award winners. Um, so, yeah, this is now, as I see the timestamp here, the longest episode of Monroe Mustangs yet. For those of you who got through it, I really, I thank you for listening. Um, thank you for listening to all 15 episodes so far. Um, I want to thank all my guests and, you know, again, please go back and watch these on YouTube, on IGTV, listen on Spotify, listen on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Go back and listen to some of these because I had a really good time recording these. Um, you know, this is this is my baby now. This is one of those things that I started during the pandemic and I'm really proud of it. I'm really happy with where we've gone so far. And, you know, episode one with Samantha Santillo, our softball coach, that was a fun one. I had Francis Santos on, you know, he runs our facilities. He's an assistant baseball coach and just great person. Um, he was a fun show. Third was Ari Ross, formerly our assistant sports information director here at, for the Mustangs. He was the, he was the sports information director for the Express after that. Uh, he deserved that. And now he's working at Hiram College out in his, you know, right near his hometown in Ohio. Um, he's doing great stuff. We talk all the time. He's, he's, we had a good show that day. National championship winning coach Marcus DiBernardo was after that talking about how he coached the 2019 men's team to a national title and helped get the 2018 women's team there too. Episode 5 was women's basketball coach Dana Warner um, talking about being a Monroe alum and his career in basketball and how he was with Monroe as a, an assistant coach and associate head coach for the men's team for so long and then um, move over to the women's side and is really building that program up again. Episode 6 was Juan Felix Rodriguez from the men's basketball team and now Stony Brook University. That was a fun one. Um, go listen to that. Episode 7 was Siobhan Green of Cross Country and Track and Field. We had a really good talk. Um, you know, he's always fun to talk to, except when he's talking about Boston sports teams. So, you know, you could fast forward through that part a little bit they talked about it. But um, he was good. Um, he's also a Monroe alum. He helped start the Track and Field program as a student. So go listen to that. It's a lot of good information. Um, episode 8 was Associate Director of Athletics for the Mustangs and Director of Sports Medicine for both the Mustangs and the Express is Jessica Rayford. And we had a lot of a lot of good things on that show. We had a lot of talk about um, building up the sports medicine department and um, 
helping really build both the Mustangs and Express athletic departments. Um, Jessica's really done so much for Monroe College. I'll just say it as Monroe College, like not just athletics, she's done so much. So listen to that one, it was really, really good. Episode 9, I spoke to an Express head coach for the first time. That was Jeremy Thompson of the women's basketball team. Um, Jeremy Thompson is probably one of the best networkers I've ever come across in my life. He knows so many people. I don't know how he knows so many people. And he got to um, virtually attend a really prestigious you know, networking event and had a lot of good things to say about that. So uh, very informative. Go listen to that one. Episode 10, longtime head coach of the men's basketball team at Monroe, Jeff Brustad. I told you what the men's basketball team this year uh, did this year. Um, the unfortunate halt to their year that ended up with them not going to the national tournament. We talk about that. Another really good show. Just so much Monroe experience from Jeff Brustad to talk about. Episode 11 was rugby coach Tiffany Faye. Um, we got to talk about her career in rugby. First as a player and as a coach. She was the first ever men's professional rugby coach. Uh, female men's professional rugby coach in the United States. And we talked about that, as well as everything she's done so far for the Monroe Rugby Program, um, what she's looking forward to, and it was, it was a fun show. Episode 12 was head football coach Terry Karg. Got to learn a lot more about him. Um, coach Karg, you know, getting, you know, starting his football career, playing in college, playing at the professional level all across the world. It's really, really interesting the way, all the things he had to talk about that. And then starting up the Monroe Football Program from scratch, you know, day one, having to build it from, from the ground up and the college putting a lot of faith in him to do so. And that's another really fun show, um, especially, you know, getting to talk about all the success of the past few years, too. Episode 13 was Gary Hollander. He is our band director. And I think the band is just a, such a big part of our athletic program. Um, our band is different than other bands. You know, Dr. Gary Hollander, we call him Doc, gets out there, he recruits for our, our marching band, you know, for the for the dance line, for the flag team, for all the instruments. It's it's really great. It's a lot of fun. They are so loud at basketball games, and, it, you know, it's a really a big advantage to our team. They're a lot of fun at football games, and that program is improving every single year. So, um, also, you get to hear how a marching band gets to practice during a pandemic. So, that was a lot of fun. I learned something there as well. And then our most recent episode last week was with uh, women's soccer, women soccer alum Marta Alemani Sanchez, and that was another really fun one. Um, we got to talk to her about that 2018 national championship season, um, talking about an injury she had the year before that made her miss what would have been her sophomore season after a really strong freshman year uh, in 2016. And then we talked about her moving on to Long Beach State University and um, everything she's done there, and just again, another impressive athlete to come out of Monroe. Um, you know, another. International athlete come out of Monroe, from Monroe. To, you know, she was from Spain. She came here. She went to the West Coast um, and had a great time there. So that's a, that was a really fun show, and you learn a lot from there. And you know, it speaks to a lot, the experience of a lot of our student athletes. Um, we're gonna have more on the show in the coming year for sure. Um, I just want to take the time now to thank everyone that's you know helped us you know throughout the 2019-20 season, the 2020 fall. Um, of course. You know, nothing here happens without our AD, Lou Melendez. Um, just the leadership he's shown and everything he's done this year dealing with the pandemic and uh, how hard he works. You know, I, I you know, you're not going to see anybody that works harder than him. He's really behind the scenes. You know, you don't always see what he's doing right now. But trust me, he is he is working. Um, if you see him or hear from him, just, you know, give him a thank you. You don't have to tell him what it's for. I think he'll appreciate it. Um, Jessica Rayford, like I said as well, just 
doing so much. You know, she had a baby this year. She's had, you know, she's had a long year, um, but she uh, she does so much for us, and you know, we can we we're very thankful for her. Um, Sandy Rodriguez, our compliance officer as well, has done has been she's been working so hard throughout all this. Um, you know, I think she'd be upset with me if I didn't mention her as well. Uh, Chazia West, I haven't seen Chaz in a very long time at this point, but um, she works so hard in our athletic department, and um, looking forward to the day when we get back in the office and uh, I get to see her every day, and we get to you know work together again because you know just we're all part of one big team, and it's always great. Um, of course, Alaire Premiano in the Bronx, um, she's doing so much to keep the Express moving forward, even throughout all everything that's happening. Francis Santos running our facilities. Um, you know, we had Mello running our equipment last year. Dennis Richardson and Paul Rizzuto doing their job with the facilities and equipment in um, both the must, you know, for the Mustangs and the Express, respectively. You know, of course, and then it comes to the college too. We have the entire Jerome family, always so supportive of athletics, and you know, none of this happens without any of them. So thank you all, every single one of you, for for your support. Um, Mr. Jimin, of course, uh, working directly with with uh, Lou Melendez all the time and making sure athletics grows and it, it, making it what it is now. Um, and then, of course, you know, we don't get anywhere as well without the admi admissions and academic advisors and faculty and staff of Monroe College. So thank you to everyone that has made this past year and every year before that um, possible, successful. Um, you know, again, just the unsung heroes of Monroe College, everyone doing their part to make sure that um, specifically, you know, our student athletes are succeeding on and off the field and staying healthy, all of our athletic trainers, of course, um, every single one of you, both the Mustangs and Express, just all your hard work, um, your new Instagram channel to make sure that everyone, even from home, is staying healthy, Monroe Sports Med on Instagram. Um, again, just thank you to everyone. Thank you for listening to me rant for an hour and 15 minutes almost here. Um, again, I hope you've all been enjoying Monroe Mustangs. Hoping to have one more special episode right before the holidays, and then we'll be back in the new year. So again, make sure you're checking out all the old episodes, watching this one on YouTube, youtube.com slash Monroe Mustangs. Check it out on IGTV, on our Instagram page at Monroe Mustangs. Listen for us on Spotify. You can you know subscribe there. Listen on Apple Podcasts or really wherever you listen to podcasts. We're all over the place. And you know make sure you check out our sideline store again, you know, monroecollegemustangs.com slash shop. Um, use that promo code, get 20% off. You know, get some late holiday gifts for everybody and your family and your friends. Really just, you know, show off show off the blue and gold or whichever color you want, really. We have a lot of different options. Again, so thank you, everyone. Stay safe out there. Looking forward to what's to come. Thank you for listening. If you want to reach out on any of our social media, you know, tell us how you feel about the show. Tell us some things you want to see. Um, anything, you know, we're open. we're open for business here, all right? So, again, everyone, thank you so much. Stay safe. I'm David Spiegel signing off. We'll see you next time.